0: magic seekers and welcome to it turns out she's a witch
1: we're your hosts tracy and shannon and welcome, welcome to, to our podcast coven Very well. How are you? Good. Are you excited?
0: I am. I am.
1: This has been a long time coming. It certainly
0: has. We've been talking about this for quite a while. And Mm -hmm.
1: And if I'd left it up to you, it would never
0: have happened. That is true. (laughs)
1: That's why we work so well together.
0: (laughs) I am your fire. Definitely. Definitely.
1: And so we've been friends for a little while now. Um, Mm -hmm. And off the back of... um, Turns out she's psychic and turns out it's haunted, Uh, Laura and I, and our our friendship and our relationship, um, professional and personally with you, has led to this opportunity for us to do Turns Out She's a Witch, and we could not be more excited that you said yes to this format (laughs) and to do it this way, Um, and I guess... um, what we want to do for our first episode is really just give people more of an idea of who you are, introduce mm-hmm. you as Shannon, uh, um, also the Asher Moon side of things, um, which is all going to make sense in a minute, guys, yeah, so don't worry, true. Uh, but really just get to know who you are and mm-hmm. um, what it is that you do uh, for our first episode and then we're going to drive straight on in because we have like <laughs> a huge, um, a huge energetic event or yes. witch, witchy event that is occurring right on the drop of this episode. It certainly is. So we've kind of had to just dive
0: on in. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about you, Shannon. So I am Shannon Cotterill. I am a divine toolmaker, so I make uh, items for ritual out of clay. And I have a little pottery studio on the central coast called Asher Moon. And I also run sister circles as well. So i kind of doing a bit of everything at the moment. Mm. So, yeah. You're being a witch. You're being a witch. Yeah, I am being a witch, yes. Mm. So and what does that mean for you? I think for me reclaiming the word witch is about living in my authenticity and my personal power and looking within for answers and outward to the seasons and cycles.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so when did that sort of become something that was at the forefront of of your
0: life? I would say, look, I think I've always had witchy ways about me when I think back even to when I was a kid and um, I remember breaking... Weirdo ways or witchy ways? Witchy ways. (laughs) (laughs) Depends who you ask. (laughs) But I even remember like I have a distinct memory of being like, I think I was about eight or nine and I broke a little mirror. And I remember freaking out because <gasps> my mum's Scottish. I'm off Scottish. So they're very superstitious <laughs> about stuff like that. And I instinctively knew I had to bury it. So I remember being this little girl and getting like a handkerchief or whatever and putting all the broken pieces in and burying it in my backyard. Wow. Yeah. And I don't really know why. I so you weren't did. just like afraid
1: of getting into trouble. So you buried the evidence?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like this instinctive like... Wow yeah like I put it in the earth, and it That's will cool. yeah, Good. yeah, so, and then, I guess, as a teenager, I was always really drawn to everything esoteric and you know candles and oh herbs and all crystals and all the juicy stuff, um, but I probably didn't really get into this path until about six years ago, mm-hmm. so. Yeah.
1: And did you kind of just stumble into it or was it something that one day you just found that I know for me um with um a lot of the things that I do now it's kind of like it just doesn't go away and and mm. so you, the curiosity is there and it just it's like a calling it's like Elsa from Frozen <laughs> it's kind of like I can hear it calling from the distance in the wind.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's kind of like oh I just need to figure out where it's coming from. Did yes. you feel that? Definitely. And I think once you know you can't not know can you once you're awakened to something so um for me I'd had a big journey like with health and changing career and trying to find my authenticity and my path Uh, and one of the key factors was reading um Lisa Lister's Witch and I remember like reading that and crying, like having this soul deep memory of, um, of these things and these ways and it just made so much sense to me um, and I guess that piqued my interest and, yeah, went off on this whole tangent of finding out more and, yeah, discovering about the seasons, the cycles, the little of the year and it just snowballed from there mm. and, it's and been quite ride. Right.
1: You and I have been friends for a while so I know a lot. Um, a lot of personal stories. and um, But tell us a little bit about your experience when you went to Scotland um, mm. and how that kind of um, changed or even um, put you on a, a more of a ancestral course as well in terms mm-hmm. of the witchy side of things.
0: Well, I felt um, even before I went to Scotland, I had that desire to go back there. I did go back there with my mum when I was about three. um, So I hadn't been back there since. And for mum's 60th, my sister and I took her uh, back home to Stirling. Uh, So I had a little bit of a taste of it there. And we visited, you know, Stonehenge in England and some beautiful places. But we were quite short on time just with that trip. Uh, The following year, I went back with my husband and we spent two and a half weeks in Scotland. Uh, And yeah, I just had I don't know, I felt like I belonged there like I I know my ancestry is from there and obviously my mother is from there but I just can't explain the feeling of being home and near my ancestors like mm. near the bones of my ancestors near these places and walking the streets that generations after generations of my family have done and the earth. yeah yeah and there was uh, quite a few sacred sites that we went to and even not even sacred sites just other Places around Scotland that I just felt so at home and like I'd been there before. So that soul deep knowing and yeah, I think it activated something inside of me um, when I came home. Um, that was when we really started working by the wheel of the year, uh, both my husband and myself, and following that path. And it just feels right. Yeah. Mm.
1: And so your husband Anthony, mm-hmm. who is affectionately known as Boo. Yes, everyone knows him as Boo. <laughs> name come about, by the way. I've always meant oh. to ask and I
0: never did. Well, it's literally been his nickname since he was a baby because apparently uh, he used to look like Boo Boo Bear, like the big, oh. big blue eyes and he used to follow his older brother around oh, like Boo Boo and they just oh. called him Boo Boo and it just stuck.
1: That's really cute compared to what I had in my mind of how he came about that name. <laughs> <laughs> I've always just thought of ghosts and I thought oh, surely he must have been like a practical joker and like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that that's what it was. Yeah. Um okay and so um he's on board with everything that you do and I know him and mm-hmm. like you two have been together forever.
0: Yeah, like 25 years now I think.
1: Yeah. And yep. so to see you go through all of the becoming of your witch self, Mm -hmm. Um, how has that kind of been in terms of your marriage and motherhood and, um, you know, like a lot of our listeners are probably, you know, intrigued and curious Mm. um, and maybe even dabble a little bit in some of the witchy stuff. Um, but ultimately it's like how do I incorporate that into my life fully when I've got a husband or a wife or whatever and kids and, mm. and a life and and I know when I went through um coming out of the psychic closet um you know integrating that into my life it meant that a lot of people uh either felt that I was disingenuous before or after they didn't know which which one was the disingenuous mm. one um also whether or not um whether they actually really knew who i was and mm-hmm. was it the, were they the ones that were were oblivious to me and like just integrating and being able to live uh fully in that and own it to be who i am mm-hmm. was something that happened really quickly when it happened yeah um but you know from the, an outsider's perspective i don't know what that what that looks like when mm. someone's just like, well, it's co- kind of like a born-again Christian or someone who has just like had a life-changing event yeah. and they're not the same anymore.
0: Very much, yeah. So how
1: did you find that your family, your children, your husband and everyone else kind of um, has responded or reacted to this this merging and this happening and this becoming of Shannon being a witch?
0: Yeah. Uh, look, I think with my husband, he, he's known me since I was 17, so I don't think it was a massive shock for him. Like yeah. I've always been into... Weird. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. Witchy, sorry. Witchy, <laughs> witchy, witchy. I've always had my little rituals and I've always, um, you know, used oracle cards and had crystals around and whatnot. Um, and I've, yeah, I've always spoken about spirit and about seeing and feeling things. So he he knows that about me. And I must say, like, in our younger years, he was super, super sceptical. Like, yeah. And I, I love him for that because he pushed me to fight for what I believe in. Um, Healthy scepticism. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. He questions everything and that's a good thing. Uh, But over the years, obviously, being with me, he's he's experienced things as well that he cannot explain. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, it's kind of, I think he's completely on board now. He knows that I'm being legit and I'm not making stuff up when things happen. Um, And then, yeah, my kids have always grown up with me doing all the witchy stuff as well so it's completely really normal different. for them yeah yeah I guess uh at the outer world I did hide it a lot um especially from family not so much friends because I guess my friends that I have are like that as well majority yeah. of them um you've kind
1: of all grown and become together in your own ways and witnessed and and um and been there while each other's bloomed and blossomed
0: yeah yeah absolutely where, um, yeah, Extended Family, I remember, like, they're very supportive now, but I think when I first came out and said the W word, <laughs> the witch <laughs> word, yeah, and, <laughs> and I understand a lot of people have really negative connotations around it, that it's like this, I guess Disney's got a lot to answer to, this person with the broomstick and the flies around cackling and boiling children and cauldron. And... Oh, so we don't do that? No, have we don't do that. You've got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you messed <Damn> up. <laughs> So um, yeah, and it's I guess a lot of people just don't understand what it is, and that's hence this podcast mm-hmm. trying to demystify. Uh, so yeah, I remember my mum being like, "Oh my gosh, like you know your your grandmother would turn in a grave if she <laughs> she knew you called yourself a witch." And I was like, "Yes, but it's different. Like it's not what you're thinking." It. Yeah, so I guess I've had to educate them on what it is too. And, um, well, as you know, my mum came to circle uh, recently. She's been to a few circles and things. So she's definitely opening her heart and her mind to it all too, even though she was brought up strict Catholic. So, yeah.
1: Mm. I- cool. And so when it comes to, um, it, when it comes to living your life as a witch, mm-hmm. there is this governing, if you will, kind of, um, not force, but um, cycle or this governing um, centeredness mm-hmm. that lets everything run the way that it needs to run. Yes. And that's called the Wheel of the Year. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Where did it
0: come from? Yep. So the Wheel of the Year uh, traditionally has Celtic roots. So um, and it was the modern day Wheel of the Year was brought about by the neo-pagans in the 1950s and 60s. So that's the one we follow um, at this time. It blows
1: so. my mind that that is, it's so recent. Like yeah. It's so modern. Yeah. If you'd have said the 1850s or 60s, I would have gone, yeah, fair. I wouldn't have
0: even thought about it. But yeah. when it's, like, it's like, is that a typo? 1950s no, and 60s? No, 1950s and 60s. So obviously these events have, are ancient. Like these sabbats are ancient and these practices and rituals are ancient. But I guess the neo-pagans were the ones that kind of, Brought it them into together. And, yeah, and made this wheel so that we can follow it today. Um, and it's The Pagan's version of a calendar? Yes, yeah. So it's governed by the sun, so the cycle of the sun. Um, and I think that's what I love about all the things with witchcraft. As such, it's all cycles and honouring cycles. So you've got the sun, which is the wheel of the year. You've got the moon, which is the lunar calendar, 28-day calendar, and then... They've got the cycles within yourself as a woman as well, your menstrual cycles, and it just there's so many layers. layers. There's so many layers.
1: So we hear so much about the moon. Yes. What about the
0: sun? Like well, you just
1: said the sun is the wheel of the year. Yes, yeah. And
0: so talk to me about that. So the wheel of the year is uh, broken up into eight sabbats, which are like festivals or holidays, however you'd like to interpret that. Um, so you've got two solstices, which are pivot points throughout the year. So you've got your summer solstice and your winter solstice. So your summer solstice is the longest day of the year and the shortest night, where the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year and the longest night. So Mm -hmm. these sit opposite each other on the wheel. Mm -hmm. And Uh, so
1: obviously we're going to be doing this podcast with the... With the framework of we live in the Southern Hemisphere, so yes, everything that Shannon's better going to refer that. to, assume <laughs> that it's Southern Hemisphere. It is, yeah. And if you live Australia. in the Northern Hemisphere, sorry, not sorry, you're going to have to do the conversion. Yeah, they're going to have to flip <laughs> we it on We would be here, like, we'd have to do two yes. podcasts to not confuse people. So everything is going to be Southern from Southern Hemisphere,
0: us. yes. Yep. Yeah, because it is obviously opposite for different ends mm-hmm. of the globe. Uh, And then we've also got two equinoxes, which are equal length of day and night, and they are autumn equinox and spring equinox, also known as Marbon and Astara. And you also have four quarter festivals. So they're every three months, which is Imolk, Beltane, Lammas and Samhain. So you can say the ancient people really love to party because before you know it, oh, there's (laughs) festivals all the time. It's great. Eight times a year. Mm
1: -hmm. And so when these festivals happen and the Celts love to party, um, (laughs) what are they doing at these parties?
0: Well, depending on where it is in that time of the year. So a lot of them are harvest festivals. So three of them are harvest festivals. Uh, You're also honouring the dead as well, honouring your ancestors, honouring the sun, honouring the light, honouring the darkness. And everything in between, basically. So you're, you're honouring the cycle, the cycle of the season that you're in.
1: And then as a witch, it's not only just an external for Mother Nature to honour that cycle, but you're honouring your, your cycles, your personal internal cycles as well?
0: Yes, very much so, because usually what's <coughs> happening on the outside is happening within you as well. So, mm. you know, winter, for instance, is a time of going within and dormancy, hibernation, hibernation um you know, outside, I guess things are quieter, the leaves have fallen off the trees, the plants are kind of dormant. If you live in the Northern Hemisphere and you have snow, things literally die off. You can't see any, any life as such. So it's quite a harsh time of year, but it's a time where you want to be home and around the fire and yeah, and gathering your strength.
1: Yeah. Um, You're in the womb.
0: Yeah, you are. Preparing
1: for rebirth in spring.
0: Very much so. Mm -hmm. And it's honouring that. And I think that was a big turning point for me. uh, What Made me follow this path is, previous to that I'd suffered really bad uh, anxiety. I also suffered from depression, and I think that was really due to burnout and thinking that I had to be on all the time. You can't and sustain it. Yeah, you can't. You can't. We're <coughs> humans, and to think, you know, there's times of rest before times of growth, and and same when you've grown something, when you've had something come to fruition, then it's time. To slow down and rest again, because you can't keep that pace. Flowers don't bloom all year round, yeah. um, and trees like don't fruit all year round. Yes, yeah. yeah. I
1: like to think of it as an event. It's kind of you plan the event, and you then set up the event, you perform the event, you pack down the event, and then you rest after the yes. event. Yes, there's a process, and so there's the, the the beginning, the ending, the middle, and then there's phases in between that need mm. to be honoured in terms of preparing. For the shine, preparing mm-hmm. for the for the show, um, and then coming down afterwards and just saying, "Yeah, no, it's time lights Absolutely. out." Absolutely, mm. yeah. And also, if you are thinking about you know sustaining something, where's the growth in in sustainability? There's mm. like, there's it's sustaining is keeping something going. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find opportunities to expand and to grow, inside sustainability. Mm. So the wheel of the year for me, um, which I don't. Um, I don't, uh, I don't, um, identify as a witch, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the things that, that being a witch is, I do do, except I don't call myself a witch, but one of them is loosely the will of the year. Yeah but more so um, day, night. It's all about light and dark for me and yes. energy in 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 the yin and the yang of things mm-hmm. and where there is light, there is dark and honouring both and keeping it in balance. So winter for me is, even though it's hibernation, I, reckon, I, I don't know whether, and you might be able to answer this, but I know that I live in the Southern Hemisphere, of course, but for me, I always have felt that um, winter for me, I always feel like I am on fire in winter. Like I am... So heart ablazing soul ablazing spirit alight let me serve 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 mm-hmm. And I, I haven't been able to get that to go into the summer. I, it stays in winter and in summer I am the winter. in summer I oh, want to wow. hide yeah. I want to hibernate I want to stay away I don't I don't want to be out I want to mm. avoid it. I take all my time off in summer so I'll take like a full eight weeks off over summer yeah so that I can hibernate. Mm. I can't get them to switch.
0: Yeah. But my
1: autumn and my spring are, are doing what they're supposed to do. I well, think. maybe
0: you are more synced to the northern the hemisphere. Northern. Yeah. yeah. And I hear that from a lot of people. I had a Wheel of the Year workshop uh, not long ago and there was a beautiful Scottish woman there and she was saying she's really struggling here in Australia to... Yeah, do things by our timeline of the Wheel of the Year that she feels it. more, yeah, she feels more in alignment with the Northern Hemisphere. And I was like, well, do that. If do that's that. what suits you, do that. Mm. Um, and I know it- quite a few Australian witches that do that. Really? Yeah, for that reason. Okay, yeah. cool. Now I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's no hard and fast rules. I think it's taking these teachings and making it work for you in your life yeah. and your own cycle. I think that's the big kicker is that's what it does it makes you look at yourself and what works for you and how you cycle
1: well and in saying that you know because you know when it comes down to the moon cycles yes. if we get off the wheel of the year and we go into the lunar phase um you know f- for a very long time um i would menstruate on a full moon mm-hmm. forever, ever for a really long time and it yep. was always the same and now it's new moon yeah and yeah. so there is that time where i guess um over as the as the earth moves around the sun and everything's doing what it's doing there's got to be some kind of catch up of time mm-hmm. where it needs to have an overlap and a almost like a realignment yeah um and i think that cuz when i was younger up until about um Up until about eight years ago, I I didn't do the winter-summer thing. Mm -hmm. I was summer on fire, winter hibernate like everybody else. But now I'm the opposite. It's very obvious to me that I'm the opposite. Mm. But I'm wondering whether it's just a cycle that I'm going through and eventually I'll go back to the summer and the winter. Yeah, quite possibly. I don't know. Maybe I'm a... Equator, Equator. <laughs> Maybe I'm an Equatorian. <laughs> I'm an Equatorial witch. Is that a thing? All right, well, let's, <laughs> we're going to make, we're going to add that to the list. Done. <laughs> okay, so rituals. Yes. Partying. The, oh, the Celts lots partying. of partying. The
0: Celts loved a good party. So what did they do? Uh, so fire festivals. So a lot of the uh, rituals involve a fire and putting things on the fire, which is always very fun. Uh, And even when you go down, like I've got uh, a list of things for each festival, like elements, colours, crystals, food. The food always usually incorporates wine or ale. (laughs) (laughs) Celts like to party. They do. Have (laughs) fires and drink.
1: (laughs) Okay. And so we've got uh, Yule. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is the winter solstice, winter solstice mm-hmm.
0: um, which is the 20th and the 23rd, depending on... Depending on the sun. So yeah. this year it falls on Monday the 21st for us here in the Southern Hemisphere. And uh, yeah, we'll be holding our own ritual at home on the 21st. And then I am doing a community one uh, at the Landing Space on the Friday night which coincides with the full moon because I figured Friday night was a better night to party <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and hold ritual.
1: Mm-hmm. And why not have two nights? And why not? Yeah. <laughs> okay and so in terms of Yule,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, what kind of uh, elements if you wish but not using the word elements because I don't know another word, what what kind, what, um, what parts are there that are involved in Yule in terms of
0: do you to break it down?
1: Yes, please.
0: I'll break it down. So at Yule, it is the longest night of the year. Uh, so from that point on, the light will be returning. Mm-hmm. So obviously we're going to be in the depths of winter. Uh, the earth is in its deepest slumber, but the light will be returning. So every day after that, the nights slowly gets shorter. There is
1: a light at the end of the
0: there tunnel. There is. And that is the whole beautiful analogy of Yule and the celebration around it. It's about the light returning and, you know, the sun coming back and the warmth returning. So your days can only get brighter from this point on and there is, you know, after death there's always a rebirth.
1: That's what I love so much about um, witchcraft um, and what it honours in terms of it just honours the dark and the light. Yes. And the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. The festival before Yule is about you know, honouring the dark,
0: yes. honouring,
1: honouring that darkness and not being afraid to sit in it mm-hmm. and let it flow, knowing that time moves and energy moves mm-hmm. and don't resist it. Just allow it to be Yes, and honour it. Everything is just about honouring where we are at in the present
0: moment. hundred percent. I think yeah, that's what the best. I love the most about it. And mm-hmm. I think that is what has helped me tremendously with, you know, even anxiety, because anxiety is fear about the future and past and the past. And you can't, be in that if you're honouring where you are right now. Uh, Anxiety is avoiding was, the present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was life-changing for me. And also to be okay with not being okay sometimes. Like some days you just feel shit or mm-hmm. you don't feel motivated. or
1: And that's okay. It's okay.
0: It's totally okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, things will change. That is the only constant that's going to change.
1: Mm-hmm. So what are the themes then?
0: So the themes around Yule are very similar to Christmas because obviously Christmas is the Christian version of Yule. So community, generosity and peace. So mm-hmm. it was a time of gift-giving, of gathering with your loved ones and sharing.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um, colours then. Um,
0: yeah, you've got your Christy colours. Christmas colours. Yeah, yeah, your red, your green, your white, your silver, gold.
1: So, which came first, Christianity and Christmas or witchcraft and Celts?
0: Oh, look, it's a pagan <laughs> tradition. It is. It did is. the Christians steal it? They did. They did. Sorry, sorry, my Christian friends, I love you, but they did it's steal it. It's a fact. You stole yes, it. They did steal it. They did steal <laughs> Admit it and converted it. it. Yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, so what about food?
0: So, food, you've got your fruit cake, ale. Mulled wine, your eggnog, your pork, roast root vegetables. So all those beautiful, like hearty, warming foods of Mm -hmm. the season.
1: Mm -hmm. And then um, you've got symbols as well. So themes is one thing in terms of what's the general intention behind Mm -hmm. it and then symbols is kind of things that represent those themes
0: yes so these are things that you could incorporate into an altar at home so for anyone that doesn't know what an altar is it's just a little space in your home where you'd set up sacred objects to honor the season so it can be as small as a little side table or it can be a whole entire room if you please Um, But on that altar, you would bring in things for the season. So you've got holly, mistletoe, uh, also anything that represents the sun or light. So candles or, you know, a statue of a a little sun or things like that. Even crystals um, that are in those colours, like your bloodstones, your garnets, emerald. I don't think you've got emeralds and rubies lying around, but if you do, (laughs) good on you, put them in there. (laughs) So yeah, it's incorporating and dressing the altar um, to honour honour the time of year, and it's a visual reminder every time you look at it of okay, we're we're in Yule, we're in this winter solstice time.
1: Okay, and what about crystals? You just said emerald and ruby, but what are the yes. other crystals that are associated with Yule for this Yule that we have on Tuesday?
0: Well, you've got your clear quartz, um, bloodstone, and garnet. So it's so beautiful. Do you-
1: recommend people just put those on their altar or do you recommend
0: they wear wear them them. yeah yeah Yeah. whatever you feel drawn to meditate with them yeah be beautiful yeah
1: Mm. um and then you've got um the celebrations that go around all of that so i know like with some of the other um the other solstices and equinoxes and festivals that they have um that they're that you know we went to one of your events at the landing space um, for Salin. Yes. And we, you know, the, the celebration there or the the, the, um, the things that we do mm-hmm. to commemorate that are obviously very different to the things that we do for Yule.
0: Yeah, very much so. So what do we do for Yule? So for Yule, uh, once again, go back to the gift giving. You can decorate the Yule tree. So if you don't want to cut down a tree, you're just decorating a tree like in your yard with fairy lights or... Tinsel or little crystals, uh, feasting, singing, uh, and also burning stuff, which is always fun. So, we're going to do a Yule log, which is a branch of a tree from our property. I remember when you did that last year. Yes, yeah. And so, we'll cut like little slits into the the Yule log and we'll be planting our wishes for the next six (laughs) months to kind of see us out until summer. Um, And you place them in and then place the log onto the fire. And then also afterwards I'll be saving those ashes and using them as protection for our front and back doors of our home, so like the thresholds, uh, to see us through the rest of the dark months.
1: I thought witches were supposed to be scary. <laughs> That's like the cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> really? <laughs> like
0: seriously. Oh, I anyway. love working with um, ashes from the, the ritual fires. So, yeah. Yeah, it's potent stuff. hmm so you can actually at home, if you don't have a log, because I know a lot of people don't have logs lying around, you can also use a pine cone, which is another really lovely uh, ritual. So writing little notes of your wishes and intentions, popping them into the pine cone and then into either like a a little fire pit or a fire outside, or if you don't have that, even into your half fire is fine. So
1: Cool. Mm. I can't wait. And in terms of... um. How long, like, so? Winter solstice is the twentieth to the twenty third, depending on what the sun's doing. Mm-hmm. But between na- then and the next um, festival, yes. Um, how long is that? Is that like literally the three four months? Is it is it three months? Is it four months? Is does it does the wheel of the year work on like a quarterly? Well, out of the twelve months.
0: Well, it's it's eight parts in twelve months. Right. So. Imolc is the 1st of August. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it wouldn't fall So you're looking on... kind of
0: maybe, is it two and a half months-ish? I'm not great at math, so.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's definitely, well, it's not even that long.
0: Yeah, it's like June, July, August. Yeah, so that's pretty quick. It's about a month and a half. Yep. Almost. Yeah, so about every month and a half because you got Imolc on the 1st of August and then after that is Astara,
1: Yeah. which, which is um, spring.
0: Yeah, which is in September. Yeah, end of September. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so, when you've finished Yule, do mm-hmm. you do you continue the Yule energy right up until bulk, or do you start the inbox energy for the inbox celebration? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it certainly does. I was only chatting to someone about this recently. It's definitely a personal thing. Me personally, I kind of set my altar up about a week out, leading up uh, for that. Date, and then I usually keep it set up for at least another week after mm-hmm. that but that's just me personally um I know of other people that will leave it up the whole time until it changes over again so okay yeah because
1: like I always think about with this I always think about with um Samhain mm-hmm. and with Halloween yes. and the the um the Autumn harvest mm-hmm. in the northern hemisphere mm-hmm. that they're like they're harvesting, they're growing their pumpkins, they're creating all this stuff. They do a whole lot of preparation yeah. before it. Yeah. So I've always wondered whether or not once Yule is finished, Yule's over and we move on to prep for in bulk, or whether Yule is begins on yule and we celebrate yule like christmas you know christmas day we the 12 days of christmas and all the the days all before up to christmas Mm. is what we celebrate as soon as christmas is done my mum used to have the christmas tree down and packed down by (laughs) the day it was like no christmas (laughs) is over see ya oh (laughs) god. we are done it's like done we used to leave
0: our tree up until um that new year's Eve, like we'd pack mm-hmm. it down on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so that... i do
1: anything to avoid packing down my tree. Oh. I'd leave it up all year. And during COVID <laughs> last year, my daughter Alaska, she wanted to bring some happiness, so she wanted to do a Christmas in, like May. Yeah, <laughs> not Christmas yeah, in July. Not July. It was Christmas in May, and so people were coming over, and we had a Christmas tree and all decorations set up it. in the house, and it was like May. And we're just like, why not? Like, why yeah. not? I'm not going to break the girl's heart.
0: Well, maybe for you. <laughs> You know, Alaska you. can, like, knock herself out, setting everything sure. up. Yeah, In our fire pit area, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Beautiful.
1: Um, okay, so it's sort of an each to their own situation in yeah, terms of... Yeah, I think of... so.
0: Like, feel into it, of that energy and the build-up of it and when you feel drawn to setting up your altar and getting prepared. Because
1: yeah. I kind of feel like, to me, winter solstice and summer solstice is, like, a, a very short period of time. Mm. Like, it's for me, winter winter. Sol- yeah, it's, mm. like, two or three days I yep. feel it, but mm-hmm. then after that I don't feel it leading up to it, I don't feel it coming out of it it's just in that it's like quite concentrated and intense yeah whereas the um the other festivals I feel them mm. like I feel the energy doing what it's supposed to be doing
0: yeah mm. absolutely mm.
1: so everyone
0: can do that like you've suggested either a log or a pine yeah. cone but even if you don't have that even just writing down your wishes yeah uh, and popping them into the fire yeah beautiful on yule and having a little glass of red with loved ones. And and so can they put their ashes at their door? Yeah, of course. Yep. Yeah, it's the intention. It's the intention behind the ritual. So.
1: so if they just like maybe scatter their ashes like on their property. And and
0: we're talking about the ashes of the fire, yeah. not, not
1: their loved ones, <laughs> just to clarify. <laughs> okay, and so we don't <laughs> want to put those ashes in the
0: bin or down no, the toilet? No, I don't. No, <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. With anything on your altar, if you're going to dress your altar in, like, fruit or food, goods and things like that, give it back to nature if you can. Like, I understand not everyone lives in a situation where they've got a yard or whatever, but, yeah, don't just chuck it in the bin. I think even flowers, yeah, give them back to nature um, and the ashes, scatter them on the lawn or scatter them in the garden and... Um, even if it's flowers, and you live near the beach, another beautiful thing is letting the petals go in the ocean, like that kind of thing. So it's just giving back to Mother Earth, and yeah, yeah, and Cyclops. acknowledging the things you've used as well, because it's, you know, it's not just an apple; it's the energy of the apple, and yeah, the apple's not
1: yours to throw in the bin. No, it's
0: yeah. a cycle. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, and so what we're gonna do um, is every um, eight. So every time a Sabbath comes around, mm-hmm. we're going to do an episode for that Sabbath. Yeah, we'd love to. Um, and what you wanted to do mm-hmm. was give our listeners um, the opportunity to learn even more uh, and give them something to do during the week um, ahead each week. And so you've come up with the idea of the divine tool of the week. Yes. And so what is your very first divine tool of the week that you'd like to
0: enlighten My first divine tool of the week is one of my favourite herbs and it's called mugwort and it is from the Artemisia group of plants that include wormwood and tarragon and I love it because it's associated with the goddess Artemis and she's a goddess that I have quite an affinity with Uh, and, yeah, it's quite easy to grow. I bought a little seedling online. Um, There's a place called Herb Cottage, I think they're – oh, don't quote me, they're either in – Brisbane or Melbourne, one or the other. I know that's two completely different directions. But, but they, um, yeah, pack these little seedlings. They sell amazing herbs. Um, and, yeah, so I got this little baby mugwort tree and I've only had it for about 12 months and it's already over a metre tall in a wow. little pot. So, and they're the leaves that I brought in here today. Uh, so the leaves can be dried and you can use them for saining, um, which is smudging, you know, like you'd use white sage or whatever. So, you can use the mugwort for that. And you can consecrate your magical tools with its smoke. Uh, so, even if you bought a new crystal, per se, you could bring it into the home and then smudge it with mugwort smoke. It's also considered a visionary herb. So, you can use it for divination um, and astral travel. So, you can sleep with some leaves under your pillow and get that into you. Get some awesome dreaming going on. It also looks slightly like marijuana it does it does I do actually have the mugwort tree right at the entrance of my studio because it is highly protective and I've had some funny looks (laughs) let me just say people kind of do a double take like what is that growing in that pot? it's It's medicinal (laughs) (laughs) so what (laughs) Uh, so um you can also use it as a talisman for safe travel Uh, Burn some in your fireplace or cauldron to protect your home from lightning during fierce storms. And you can also burn a little mugwort in the room to protect children. And I use it, yeah, in all my spells of protection. Does it grow from
1: cuttings? I'm not too sure, actually. I need to find that out. We need Laura to see if she can make it work because I sure as hell won't make it work. I need an established (laughs) one.
0: (laughs) I will find out, yeah, because my one's really gone off. And it's beautiful. You pick the leaves, and then new Sprouts. little leaves sprout back, yeah, in their place. It's beautiful.
1: Mm. Well, I'll post a photo to the socials if you haven't followed us yet. It's turns out underscore she's a witch over mm-hmm. on Instagram. Uh, have a look there, because I'll put all the photos, uh, lots of fun stuff on there. Uh, and until next
0: week, enjoy Yule. Yes, so this will be dropping on the Tuesday, this episode, which is is the 22nd. The day after Yule. Yes. So you'll be. Well, I hope you enjoyed Yule. Yes, you'll be (laughs) yesterday and yeah, enjoy.
1: Yeah, but people can still do what we suggested.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I'd highly, highly recommend it. Do it that week. Uh, As I said, we're doing the group. Uh, your slash full moon ritual on the Friday night. Just an
1: excuse to drink mulled wine.
0: Oh, it is. And (laughs) to burn stuff on a fire. Always fun. (laughs) It's our favourite
1: thing to do. Drink and burn. Drink and burn. (laughs)
0: Love it. All right, we're out. Thank you.